You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's you, Sparky Fiverr, 1250 AM, The Fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Check out all the good uh, interviews and so forth up at 1250amthefan.com that we do throughout the week. Ryan Horvath here as well. Check him out at Ryan Horvath. But MGM tonight, Nick uh, Shu and Trista Crick. And then, of course, Saturday mornings, 8 a.m., Tailgate to kick off on the BetQL radio network, 8 a.m. on 1250 a.m. The Fan in Milwaukee. If you are in the Milwaukee area, you can check out Ryan each and every Saturday morning, getting ready for all the big college football action. Great guests, great picks, all that fun stuff with Ryan Horvath. Uh, Okay, Ryan Horvath, uh, confident, concerned, and curious, as we do each and every week going into the game. What are you confident in concerning Uh, This Packers football team. Now, I should say before you get into this, I just checked Twitter before we started recording here at about quarter after 12 central time on Friday. Uh, And as of right now, still no idea of Aaron Jones or Christian Watson will play. Uh, Andy Herman said both had their helmets with them uh, for stretching. Uh, Jones stayed inside. Watson went outside, but they're not allowed to watch Friday practice. Uh, So there's going to be no idea if they're playing or not. I'll have to wait till the interview report comes out. So that's the latest as we are recording this curtain long here on Friday afternoon. Okay, go ahead. I am confident that the Atlanta Falcons will not look to push the ball down the field against this Packers secondary because we talked about this earlier in the week and Desmond Ritter, you know, just not looking to push the ball down the field right now. Drake London in week one only had one target and you look at Kyle Pitts, they still don't really know how to use him at the tight end position. They had one pass over 15 yards in week one. one. Yes. So it seems like, it seems like Arthur Smith is uh, going to run my grandpa Gordy's offense where you just run the ball down the opponent's throats and you throw the ball 15 to 17 times per game. So I am confident that the Packers will not have to deal with the deep passing attack. You want me to go on? All right. Nope, just confident. One, one okay. confident. And if you have more than one confident, then by all means, you can say that's more the only, than one confident. I'm concerned and curious about a couple different things, but that's the only yeah. thing in this game I'm confident. really confident in. Just because, man, like I'm really excited for both of these teams in the NFC, but I really don't know what to expect from either because this is a completely different era for the Packers. And then with Atlanta, I, I like Arthur Smith, but I still don't know like what this team's offense. I do know what their offensive identity is. There's a reason why they drafted Bijan Robinson. They just want to pound the rock, but I just don't know how good Desmond Ritter is. In the defense, they spent the fourth most money in free agency, and they look pretty dang good week one. You know, at least in the secondary, they look like they improved. Jesse Bates had two big interceptions and a forced fumble, but that was against Carolina, and you had a, a rookie making his first start. So I want to see what they do against this Packers offense. No. I uh, I have a lot of concerns and curiouses in this game. Uh, as well. 
uh, not as much confident things. But I, I'm going to say something I'm confident about. I don't know if I'm 100% confident, but I'm pretty confident that this defense, and even Joe Barry, who tends to be the most clueless of everybody, even Joe Barry knows they're not going to throw the football down the field. Even he knows that they are not going to attempt it. So I think that you may see a version of a defense that looks like Spagnola with the Chiefs against Jordan Love, where they're just going to bring everybody up and bring the house, run blitz after run blitz after run blitz after run blitz, and pretty much dare Desmond Ritter to throw the football. And unless he starts throwing the football and beating them, they're just going to continue to run blitz the hell out of them uh, and, and try and slow down the run game that way. Play everybody up in the box to stop the run uh, and not even worry at all uh, about Desmond Ritter throwing the football. Like the Chiefs were not worried at all about Jordan Love throwing the football. I think the Packers defense does the same thing to Desmond Ritter until he proves he can beat them. And look, Kyle Pitts, good. I think Quay Walker can run with them for the most part. Uh, yeah. th that doesn't worry me as much. Drake London is nice. I don't know if Drake London is special as far as beating Jerry Alexander. I don't think that's a thing. Uh, there are other guys that they've got. I mean, Scotty Miller, we all know, remember him. Um, and what that's yeah. all about with the Buccaneers. Yeah, so we know what that is. I, I don't I, I don't get as concerned about the rest of their wide receiving core uh, necessarily. So for me, I, I'm pretty confident they're just going to run everybody up in the box and dare them to throw the football. Uh, and if they can't throw it, then the Packers are going to shut them down. I think it's going to be that simple. If Joe Barry doesn't do that, then he's a complete moron like we all thought. Uh, okay, what are you concerned about, Ryan Horvath? All right, the Packers' run defense gets their first real test because the Bears look like dump, and you got Atlanta who now, you know, last season they had three running backs inside the top 20 as far as efficiency. Patterson looks like he's going to be active this week. Uh, I don't know how big of a role he's going to play, but he's still a weapon, man, even if he's just window dressing. You know what I mean? You have Tyler Algier who broke the rookie rushing record, and you still drafted Bijan Robinson, who's probably the best running back in college football the last decade. So, Here's where we get the first real test. He had the Packers run defense that finished, I believe, 28th DVOA, 31st according to Football Outsiders last season. So I'm concerned uh, about the run defense. And then on the offensive side of the ball for the Packers, I'm a little bit concerned, I guess, just because Jordan Love is making a real road start. I mean, like the Bears fans were into that game, but like Jordan Love has watched Aaron Rodgers just go into Soldier Field and completely dominate. He probably looks at that fan base and that team like they're a bunch of clowns, the same way that Aaron Rodgers did. You know, in Atlanta, uh, like I just said, man, they spent a bunch of money in their secondary. I don't know how good like Jeffrey Okuda is, but Jesse Bates is obviously an upgrade over anything that they had. So I want to see Jordan Love do what he did last week, throw from clean pockets. Uh, and one last thing, I'm concerned that we're not going to get in. I know he's dinged right now. He didn't practice yesterday. Let's wait and see on the injury report. I'm guessing he's going to be a go though. Concerned that we don't get Aaron Jones, 15 to 20 touches. I'm concerned to see AJ Dillon all game getting taken yep. down by five, nine, 155 pound cornerback. So that's what I'm concerned about. A lot I'm concerned about coming into this game week two. I'm going to say this. If Jones doesn't play, I want Wilson to get the ball. I want Wilson to get a majority of the snaps. I, I think he's got more of a chance to be a difference maker than Patrick Taylor does at this point. Uh, if you're going to run the same type of offense that you would run with Aaron Jones. So for me, Wilson's the obvious one. Don't try and run this offense that you run Aaron Jones with AJ Dillon. Please, for the love of God, don't do that. Uh, if you're going to try and run the same thing, then, then let Wilson be that guy. I, I would agree with you concerned about Aaron Jones not playing 100%. That is a big, big question mark because he is the offense. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah. So that is a big concern. I'll tell you what I'm concerned about. I'm confident 
I, I am pretty confident that they're going to run up to the line of scrimmage and dare them to throw. Fine. I'm going to be cons- I am concerned about that factor from this perspective. Making the tackle. Being in position and whiffing at B. John Robinson. Being in position and getting trucked by Algier as he continues upfield. I think yeah. yards after contact is a huge, huge stat in this football game for the Green Bay Packers. It, it just is. They're going to be in position to make the tackle. The question is, are they going to make the tackle? If Bijan makes two or three guys miss regularly, they're going to get killed. They're going to get absolutely annihilated. And I watch them make two or three people miss regularly in that game against Carolina. And they didn't even use him a ton in that game. Similar to how the Lions didn't use Gibbs in week one a ton. They really didn't use him a ton. They used Algier more as far as just running the football. And Algier is not going to necessarily make people miss, but he's big and powerful like we thought A.J. Dillon was. That, that's the type of back he is. And you have to wrap up. The one thing in week one, and it's going to be all year. This whole, I'm going to dive and throw my shoulder at a guy's legs, and that's how I'm going to try and tackle. That's all it was last week. All these DBs, we're just going to jump at the guy and hope our shoulder pad knocks him down, uh, knocks his feet down. You're playing with fire. You try and tackle B. John Robinson that way. Dude's quick, laterally, very quick. Uh, so I'm concerned about tackling in this game for the Packers. Being in position, but then missing tackles, uh, and that costs him the game. That's my concern. Uh, curious, Ryan Horvath. What are you curious about? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm curious to see, well, first off, is Christian Watson going to play? If he does, I'm just really curious to see what the offense looks like this week because I thought, you know, I mean, I was complaining about no Aaron Jones, not a lot of Aaron Jones, but maybe they were just playing possum. Like right now I'm looking at a bunch of college football games for the weekend and it's like I kind of like Missouri. They haven't really done a whole lot with their quarterback, Brady Cook, but I think they may have been playing possum for this game against Kansas State because Kansas State beat up on them uh, last year and they haven't really played anybody and maybe uh, LaFleur just knew that he had the uh, advantage over Chicago. You know, you know what I mean? So I'm curious to see what this offense looks like in a close game because last week was a blowout. Like, let's be honest, I barely even watched the fourth quarter. I went back and watched it on the All-22 yesterday, but there was way too much going on. I was like, there's way too many good games going on right now. This game is over. And uh, so I want to see what Jordan Love looks like if this is a close game. I want to see what Jordan Love looks like if uh, he has to make throws in the fourth quarter to win this game if he doesn't have a clean pocket to throw from. You know what I mean? Does he make plays with his legs? What he looks like in a two-minute drill? That's what I really want to see because I think Atlanta's good. I, I bet them over eight and a half wins. I bet them to win the division. I know everybody loves the Saints. The Saints didn't look that great week one. Not that Atlanta did. They kind of struggled, but that's the other thing. I'm curious to see what Arthur Smith does with uh, Desmond Ritter. Like if they push the ball down the field or even attempt to because you can't throw the ball on Green Bay secondary, you know, even without Eric Stokes. I mean, you can if you have the right quarterback, the right receivers. But I don't know because I really like Drake London, especially the first half last season. He didn't didn't have a drop all year um, or the first half of the season. So, yeah, I'm just curious to see what both of these teams' offensive identities are. And then I want to see what the young guys look like here week two. You know, Jaden Reed, 
had to be a big part of the offense because there was no Christian Watson. But on the defensive side of the ball, I didn't think we were going to see a whole lot of Van Ness this year. But, man, I mean, again, granted, it's the Bears, right? But uh, that sack that he had on Justin Fields, I was like, okay, that's what I want to see. And I want to see them rotate those pass rushers. I want, I'm curious to see Rashawn Gary, you know, because um, he only played on, what, like 19 uh, dropbacks for Justin Fields or something like that, maybe 13. I don't have it in front of me. He was in the backfield in like seven of them. So I'm just really excited to see. Uh, I'm, I'm just you know curious to see just everything, really, to be honest. I'm really excited. I, this is like the game of the week in that slate. Uh, it me. is uh, interesting. So a couple of different things. Um, Justin Fields stinks. Uh, and Jasmine Ritter, Jasmine Ritter stinks too. Uh, they're both not very good. And yeah. it's, it's totally different, right? So first of all, Desmond Ritter has never lost at home in his college or pro career to this point. He didn't lose a home game last year for Atlanta. He hasn't lost a home game so far this year for Atlanta. He lost no home games at Cincinnati while he was a quarterback of the Bearcats. He's never lost at home ever. So this is going to be a big deal for the Packers if they are able to do that. Secondly, I don't know if you saw this little nugget. The Packers have never won their first two games of the year in road-to-road situations. Where the first two games of the year have been on the road, they've never won both games in the history of the Green Bay Packers. They've only had it happen twice in the history of the Packers. One was back in like the 1920s. Um, and the other one was more recent than that. And they have not been able to do it either time. So this would be historical, I guess, to a certain degree for the Packers if they win this game. Now, having said that Redder stinks, that, that's why he's not going to let him throw the ball down the field. And you just went over it yourself. You just said, they've got Gary. They've got Van Ness. You didn't bring up Preston Smith. You didn't bring up Engabare. You didn't bring up Slayton getting pressure up the middle or Kenny Clark now ha- having an idea up the middle. The two rookies on the line being able to get some pressure up the middle. This is maybe the best front seven the pa- and the deepest front seven the Packers have had in a long time. A long time for this for this Packer football team. And that should be exciting. But because of that, why would you want Desmond Ritter to drop back 30 times? You don't. Prove to me you can stop the run before I put him in danger of getting killed back there. Uh, and then let's see what happens. I, I don't expect them to throw the football down the field all that much. I really don't. Maybe a play act here or a play act there. Maybe they get uh, Jair Alexander peeking in the backfield or something and take advantage. But outside of that, I can't imagine they throw the ball much. Uh, for me, I, I'm I'm curious. I, I really am not. I am really curious to see from this Packers football team what it does on the offensive side without Aaron Jones, like we just talked about. Like, how much does this offense completely change? Does, like, LaFleur have game plan A with Aaron Jones, game plan B, no Aaron Jones? And how different are those offenses? Because game plan A is probably a lot more running, and game plan B, my guess is, it's a lot more throwing. And Jordan loves quotes from his presser this week talking about Jesse Bates. And he goes, hey, Jesse Bates looks at the quarterback's eyes and bites hard on where the quarterback is looking. There's a lot of that. He goes, so you have to, wherever you're going, you have to be a quick decision. If you hold it too long, he's going to get the interception and turn you over. And so eye discipline is a big thing. Yeah. Then if you go back and watch the, the film from last week, and Orla- I think it was Dan Orlovsky, somebody doing the, the film breakdown, was pointing out that Love is looking here and throwing over here. And that was screwing the Bears all up, especially Jackson. He, he was having all kinds of problems where he thought the ball was going one spot where Love was looking, and he ended up coming across his body somewhere else. If he does that against Bates, that's good. But what I like, Ryan, is he's doing his film study. He's seeing 
what Bates is doing and he's being able to understand it and knowing how to manipulate him now when he comes into the game. That's what happens when you get three years of film study, of watching guys play and picking up tendencies and understanding what you're looking for. A rookie coming into this game, probably like young, he's not thinking about all that stuff. Right now going back and watching film from Bates in Cincinnati or nothing like that, and Love's all over it. That gives me confidence that he's going to be okay in this game. Yeah, you know, I mean, exactly. And, and this isn't going to be the toughest defense that he faces. And uh, again, I mean, like, he, this is, you know, a couple of years into the system now. So um, not too nervous. I think that he should be all right. It's not like he's going against the Legion of Boom. It's Jesse Bates in the Atlanta defense. Right. I'm just saying that they're improved and he's going on the road and it's going to be a loud environment because Atlanta. It's not going to be. The Orlando said that that's not loud in Atlanta. They don't even know how to cheer, the Orlando says. Right, we'll, we'll see about all that. We'll see. We'll, we'll see come Sunday. Dude, look at everything there is to do in Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta well, Hawks basketball, nobody shows up. Thrasher's hockey. Do they even still have a hockey team in Atlanta for the NHL? I don't know if they even still have a hockey team. So you got that going on. What else do they have? The Falcons. I mean, Atlanta, get out of here. Atlanta's like being in LA. It's not a sports town. It's an entertainment town. Wait, they care when the teams are good, though. They cared when Atlanta was in the Super Bowl, when the Dirty Birds were in the Super Bowl twice. That was a different fan base. Yeah, the Jamal uh, Jamal Anderson Dirty Birds, and then you had the Atlanta blown blown lead. 28 to 3. Yeah, yeah. 28 to 3. They were, did you ever see the story on that? They were partying in their locker room at halftime, like partying in the locker room, having a party at halftime and that Super Bowl going, we're going to win this thing. It's over. We got it. And then came out and got smacked around by Brady and lost the damn thing. I never heard that story. I heard the story where Matt Ryan said that he had to go to the Super Bowl party after they lost. He said that the losing team has a Super Bowl party too. And he was like, I didn't really want to be there, but I would have felt terrible not going and like being with the guys one last time. So screw that. I'm, I ain't going to the damn Super Bowl losing party. That's dumb. Why would you even have a party if you lost? But again, I we mean, had a world series parade for the brewers and they lost. So I guess it's no, I, I was, I was on this like big family reunion vacation when the Packers blew that NFC lead, uh, geez, that lead in the NFC championship game against Seattle. Uh, and I couldn't even enjoy myself the rest of the vacation. I couldn't get out of bed the next day, man. That was one of the worst moments of my sports, obviously sports life. All right, a special happy birthday to Titletown. Born on this date, September 15th, 2017. Mark Murphy's legacy tied to Titletown more than it is the football side of things, in my opinion. Uh, you may like him, you may hate him, you may love him, don't know, but you have to give him credit. That Titletown district that him and his guys came up with is amazing. It really is. I know they knocked down a lot of your houses. They knocked down all the stores. Yeah. They redid everything. But it was well, well worth it, Ryan Horvath, at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it is uh, – say what you want about Mark Murphy, and I certainly will. The guy is a smart, sometimes, businessman, and he's pumping money into Titletown. So good yep. for him. Bad for the people that's homes were knocked down and had to move. But, uh, I mean, I love it. Like, every time I'm in the Midwest, I have to make the trip. Whether I'm in Joliet, Illinois, or whether I'm in Milwaukee, I have to go to Green Bay, even if there's not – because, you know, unfortunately, I really can't get back for the football season anymore. So when I come home, it's usually the summer. But I still have to take the Lambo tour. Uh, so beautiful. And they just, just keep adding on, adding on, man. I mean, it really is like the best experience. I try to tell this to people uh, out here in D.C. This dump. I'm like, you guys just don't get it, though. Like, it doesn't matter where you come from, who you're a fan of. You get treated with respect. 
in the atmosphere, like the town shuts down and it's just one big party. There's concerts everywhere, music. Yep. We brought my brother for the first time last year. I don't know how he's never made the trip, but uh, man, we had a good time. Really good time. Did, he, did, he, did, did he, is he a Bears fan? No, he's a Packer fan. He's a Packer fan too? You all grew up in Illinois and you're both Packer fans? Yeah. My, uh, because my, my great uncle was Earl Gillespie. He called some Packer games. He called the Milwaukee yeah, 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 Earl Gillespie. So yeah, it translated Braves, all the way I down. Brewers, I don't have to be a Brewers fan because the, Bre- the Bre- Milwaukee Braves aren't a thing anymore. They're the Atlanta Braves. So I like the Atlanta Braves, but I don't like – I'm a Cub fan. I grew up in Chicago right. and Wrigley. And I cheered – see, for me, I can never turn my back on the Cubs. If I turn my back on the Cubs, like people are always like, oh, screw Horvath, he's a Cub fan. No, no, no. I would be the biggest traitor in the world if I turned my back on the Cubs, though. This is what people don't get, man. I don't understand these, like, Cub fans that talk trash. If you're a real Cub fan, you never run your mouth. You run your mouth about our own team. I think they've been to the postseason five times in my existence, like we talked about on the last podcast. So I'm just, like, happy with my own team. But that's just it, though. People in Chicago in general talk crap about all their teams. Like, the Bears. Radar here in the building at WMY actually was the morning show. He's a Bears fan. He running his mouth at me leading up to that Packer game about the Bears and all this. I'm like, what? What is going on? Why are you running your mouth at me about that? And then last night, Radar tweets out Justin Fields a good running back slash quarterback. Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback. I tweeted back. I'm like, no, Justin Fields is not a good quarterback. Like, just stop. But Bears fans and Cub fans and all the y'all, man, it, it drives me nuts. I don't understand why y'all run your mouth as much as you do. Like you're the St. Louis Cardinals of baseball or something. You're not. You're not there every year. Or the Packers of football, because the Packers and the Cardinals are the same thing, really. You're not there every year winning divisions. If you were, then by all means, be arrogant like Cardinals fans and run your mouth and do what you have to do. And I would totally understand. All right, let's get to some picks here. College uh, and pro picks. Uh, and I have a question uh, for Ryan Horvath. And I save this because I, I know he can explain to me uh, what the heck is going on. Andy Herman tweeted this out yesterday uh, from the Pack-A-Day podcast. By the way, Pack-A-Day podcast, 500,000 downloads last month. That is crazy good for those guys. Yeah. Um, Andy Herbert says, interesting to see the Packers move from one-point favorites to one-and-a-half-point underdogs today, that being uh, yesterday, according to Andy Herman. What happened, Ryan Horvath of BetMGM tonight? Explain to me what happened. Say that one more time. Uh, the Packers moved from a one-point favor to a one-and-a-half-point underdog okay. uh, yesterday. Sorry, I was, like, confused there. Yeah, yeah, they did open as a favorite, I forgot. Because – Unlike the way look ahead line. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they were that is how it worked. Okay. Line movement like that is crazy. That means a big bet came in on Atlanta. And I'm among those on Atlanta in this game. Sad. Well, sad, I mean sad, 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 hey. sad, 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 hey. right, Norman. Sad. It, it's more it's a numbers play that Atlanta at home in this game, if this is a pick, should be a favorite. So um We'll see. I hope I'm wrong in this one. This isn't a huge bet for me. Uh, I do have a couple big bets this weekend. This isn't my biggest one, but yeah, man. You didn't I have mean, a lot uh, of money on. You didn't have a lot of money on that whole Minnesota Philly thing last night, did you? Yeah, in Minnesota. Yeah, I told you that Philly offense was playing Belichick. That does not I count. Any but any Belichick defense is on any offense that does not count in the grand scheme of things. I saw a clip of you on Twitter last night going off about the Vikings defensive coordinator. What'd you call him? 
clueless, I think is what you call him. You were so pissed off at the end of the first Ryan half. Flores? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was pissed. But they won the bet for me. So, skull, skull, plus seven uh, and a half. We gave that out early in the week. So, hey, fine with me and Jordan Addison scored a touchdown. That was plus 220. So, I was happy with that. I just, I worry about the matchup here. That Green Bay run defense. It's kind of like, hey, man, I need to see it to believe it. I know sure. you stopped the Chicago Bears, but they didn't really run the ball. So, I want to see what they do against Atlanta. So, uh, that's what happened there. Really quick, I got a lot of bets this weekend, actually. And it's funny because everybody's talking about how weak this college football slate is. I don't get it. Um, there's a lot that I like. Now, a lot of these numbers are gone, but I do like LSU. I would play that all the way up to 10. I think this is going to be a bounce back game. They're on the road. They're taking on Mississippi State. But this isn't your Mike Leach Mississippi State team, uh, obviously, since he unfortunately passed away this offseason. And they have a really good quarterback but they don't let them push the ball down the field for whatever reason. When Leach was there, they threw the ball, you know, 40 to 50 times per game. I have no clue why, but they continue to just dink and dunk down the field. Again, unless they're playing a possum for this LSU game, but I don't know. They're a run first offense. And I think LSU's defense is going to show up. LSU still really good. You got to remember they had a three point lead against Florida state going into uh, the half in that game. I know they lost the game, but they're still going to be all right. And these are the games Brian Kelly wins. Like he doesn't win the big, big games, but he wins the, you know, the games against the unranked teams or the teams at the bottom of the ranking. So I do like LSU in college football uh, quite a bit. I also like Florida. I think Florida is going to pull off the upset against Tennessee. This isn't the same Tennessee team from last year. Uh, you know, Milton, I just don't think he's as good as Hendon Hooker. I know he hasn't thrown a pick yet this season. He's got a strong arm. But I think Florida is going to shut down Tennessee's run game. It's always scary taking points. Hold and on a second. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. Weren't you on ESPN Memphis yesterday? Did you say this uh, on Coon Show on ESPN Memphis that you're taking Florida over over Tennessee? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you had to crush them. That's horrible, horrible. You must have just crushed those poor people in Memphis. They're, crush he's them. A, he's a Memphis guy, so I, I we liked Men, Men, well Memphis won last night, but Navy Apparently. covered and almost beat them. Bobbles all right, all over the place. And then I like BYU plus eight and a half against Arkansas. Arkansas is going to be without their stud running back, Rocket Sanders, in that game. I think BYU keeps it close. They got Keaton Slovis at quarterback. He's 36 years old. NFL, my favorite bet is the Cincinnati Bengals at home to bounce back against Baltimore. I love the Ravens coming into the season, but it's typical problems, right? J.K. Dobbins done for the year. Just yesterday, or on Wednesday, I should say, a couple days ago, they had to work out four different offensive linemen, all banged up in the secondary. I think Joe Burrow and that offense bounced back for Cincinnati at home. Um, I like New England to cover the three against Miami. I know everybody, like Miami looked great week one against the Chargers. They won in a shootout. But New England's catching po points at home. That offense actually didn't look too bad against Philadelphia. So I'm going to take them. And then on Monday Night Football, the Carolina Panthers, plus three against the Saints. I think Bryce Young. Is going to pull off the upset at home. Crowd's going to be rocking. Go back and watch that game, man. I know everybody loves the Saints because of Derek Carr. I think everybody knows my thoughts on Derek Carr. Overrated. <laughs> and the Saints did it with them last year. No, 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 no. No Kamara still for two games. I know Carolina's not very good, but why is that spread only three? That's fishy. I like the Panthers. That's what I got this week. Um, okay. Thoughts on having multiple Monday night games now for the next two weeks, one on ESPN, 
one on ABC. They're like an hour difference. Then later in the year, in week 14, the Packers are on Monday night with the Giants, and there's another game that same night at the exact same time as the Packer-Giants game. And This is some type of experiment by Disney to see if how well this will work one way or the other by having multiple games on Monday night. You said you hate it. Why do you hate it? I would think you would love it, having multiple games on a on a weeknight. I mean, it's good for, like, content because we're on the air, but I don't know. I just hmm. – I would like it if – I just like Monday night to be a standalone game. I don't really want to focus on two games on Monday night, and I don't like the way that they schedule them, like, an hour apart from each other. Um, See, so. I think they should go back to doing it the way that I suggested – and the way that Gilbrand told them that I had suggested to them, and they actually were doing it, and that was my idea. I don't care what anybody says. Gilbrand passed away now, so he can't verify, but it was my damn idea that Gil took to the NFL, which is having a, a first game and a second game on Monday night to open the season. And that's what they did. And they should do that every week. Just put the Raiders or the Broncos or Seattle, whoever, the Niners, put them in the second time slot, like a 9 o'clock kickoff central time, uh, in that second time slot, and then just have a normal kickoff at six o'clock or seven o'clock central time for the first game and let everybody have two games uh, at night. And instead what's happening is we're trying to appease the East coast, which is how this country runs. We're trying to appease the East coast by having two games on at essentially what seven and eight o'clock uh, Eastern standard time. I think it is because I think it's six and seven here. Or something along those lines. Yeah, something along there. Yeah, that's why they're not having the the early kick and the late kick. Because the late kick out, out east would be 10 o'clock your time. And everybody complained and cried about, oh, my God, these games are starting too late. Nobody can watch this game when it's that late at night. Because yeah, everybody's got to go to work the next day. And I get it. But having to go against one another, you know, Again, a lot of people have multiple TVs, I guess, side by side in their house. They can watch them both at the same time or whatever. Do people do picture in picture still? Is that a thing? So they do, but like, so now, for example, on the Sunday ticket, you got the four box screen. And if you're watching like ESPN plus, like if you're watching college football, I mean, there's still picture in picture, but like if you do it right and you got the ESPN plus, you could pick your four games. And what I like about college football on ESPN plus is you could pick the four games like Sunday ticket. It seems on YouTube TV already has the four games already. It's like a choose your own adventure. So they have different packages, but you can't choose which four you want. On college football Saturdays, you could actually put them all in the box. So even I'm if you're on one TV, even if you're not, you know, a baller, maybe your wife doesn't want you having four TVs in the living room like the kid, you could just watch your one TV with your four games if you get ESPN Plus. And I think that's like $9.99 a month. But it's not that big of a ripoff because you also get all the insider articles too. I uh, will not uh, be getting NFL Sunday ticket. That's too expensive for our household. So that's not happening. Uh, the ESPN Plus thing I do have because I have that, that Disney bundle. So yeah, yeah. Now I get I get an email yesterday from Disney, right? Oh, we're raising the rates again. Okay, here you go. So I'm looking at all these different options. They have no option for Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. No option. So I said the thing to the contact us thing going, I want Disney and ESPN. I don't watch Hulu. I never watch Hulu. Hardly ever. The 16-year-old watches it once in a while, but I don't care if he doesn't have Hulu. Who cares? Too bad. So and Damn. there's no option. I like ESPN Plus because I can read the insider articles on the website and all that stuff. That's what I use it for more than anything. But I'm not. Yeah. See, now you got me all pissed off about that. Did you say you had four TVs in your living room? Yeah, four. Like all on a wall, like a big old, like, 
like at a sports bar all side by side by side on the wall or how well, are they all situated? So I have four and there will be four again. I would show you right now. They'll be back up on Saturday, but um, we had to like take everything off of our walls because it's a big pain in the ass. So now my father-in-law has to come back to mount them too, because um, somebody upstairs fell asleep with their bathtub running you had so, water in your apartment. what I've been dealing with this morning while trying to prepare for my two shows. So the water leaked. And so now I got like people in here all day coming in here. When I leave, I'm going to leave for work. And because they don't want mold. I told you about when this happened last time. They had to chop off a, pe- chop off a piece of my wall. Yep. So that was all like leaking down. And I didn't want it on my TVs, my smart TV. So right now I only have two side by side. But yeah, on a typical Saturday, Sunday, I have four. I need it, man. We, uh, back when 1250 was a thing in Milwaukee, and we had all of our on-air people back in the day, Josen Zola, who was a producer, we would always make fun of. The big black cloud of doom that hung over Joe, always had bad luck, always had bad things happen to him, constant. Horvath, you've got that big black cloud over you now going on now about two years, man. You 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 need some sunshine. You you need a big rainbow sunshine, something to burst through. I like every other day. Poor Ryan Horvath tells me something else that went wrong. It's every day, every day, Horvath. Yeah, I mean, it sure seems like it these days. It's Good it's really. God. It's, I think it's just really since I moved to uh, the East Coast. Yeah, that's probably true. I think it's the we East Coast be. curse. That could be. You're just not meant to be an East Coast. You're meant to be a Midwest guy. Exactly. Uh, all right, there he is, Ryan Horvath. Prediction for the game here before uh, we get out of here. Who you got? All right, not I'm going to go with Atlanta. Who do you got to win? Atlanta 24-21. Okay. I'm going to take the Packers 20-17. to And it may be less scoring than that in this game, but wow. I think it'll be rather low scoring. I think the Packers win on a Carlson field goal at the end. And everybody goes crazy for Carlson, just like they did last week when he hit the long kick. You're yeah. such a homer. No, the 16-year-old's a Falcons fan. You don't understand. We're going by my brother's house in Elkhorn, and my brother and him are just going to yell at each other for three hours out in the garage watching the game. Or I do not want to drive home and live with him for the next week if the Falcons beat the Packers because it's going to be miserable. I cannot have them lose to the Falcons. By Even all though- means, cannot happen. Like, even though, like, growing up, my dad was a Bulls fan, too. Like, you know, when the Bulls would lose, which was very rare, like, he would still, like, give me crap. Are you an agitator? Me? Yeah. Uh, like, are you talking trash? Like, this should be, like, a big no. rivalry week. You no. Should Not said a word. Figure four. No, you know, you know, Horvat, I'm a really good I'm, – I'm good that way. If I see Falcons news on Twitter or whatever, I'll screenshot it or send the link to him. In school or not in school, doesn't matter. I'll always send him Falcon stuff if I see Falcon stuff or whatever. And I'll read the Falcons article so I know what the hell is going on when he's talking to me about the Falcons. Read the Orlando Ledbetter all the time. I, I'm as in on the Falcons as anybody. And this, and he likes the Kings in basketball. So I'm always following all the Sacramento Kings stuff and so forth, all that. By the way, if you get a chance, Green and Growing podcast this week. Uh, go check it out. Bruce Bernstein uh, joined us from the 48 Minutes podcast that just had Giannis on uh, this week on their podcast. Really? First podcast Giannis has ever done. Uh, Bruce Bernstein was on. I did not know until we did the podcast on Green and Growing last night uh, that he was a producer at ESPN for all their NBA TV shows for 32 years. Uh, so he was really, really good. 
uh, uh, last night. So go check it out. Green and growing. Also check out Kurt and Long on your Odyssey app or every download your favorite podcast. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Follow Ryan Horvath. Tune in to uh, Tailgate to kick off uh, tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. on The Fan in Milwaukee, 1250 a.m. The Fan or uh, anywhere else around the country with BetQL uh, Radio. Have a good one. Toodles. 